Hello and welcome to Franchise Sports Talk Baseball with me, Joe, and Sam. Hello. Hello. So, so uh, we're at the end of the World Series now. Um, the Astros have won another championship um, with less of an asterisk than the last one. <laughs> yeah, just a little bit. A little bit less controversial. I mean, so far, I suppose... Yeah, I guess we'll see what happens, see what comes out. Um, yeah, so we're going to kind of just look back over the World Series and kind of, you know, what this means for the two teams uh, that came out of it. Yeah, because that's what happens in... Uh, baseball seems to do this a lot with the kind of sweeping momentum with teams after they get to the World Series. Um and most of the time, it's kind of nonsense, isn't it? Because the playoffs have so much randomness in them. With the Astros and the Phillies, I actually don't think it is. I think there is kind of more to be taken from it here. So it's four World Series appearances in six years for the Astros. In the last five proper seasons, they've had one season where they didn't win 100 games. Yeah. And they got 95 that year and what, and then made it to the World Series and lost. Yeah. If we want to go straight into the Astros, actually, I've got some more stuff about this that kind of, I mean, I guess because of their first World Series title, is a lot of people don't want to really give them much credit, I guess, let's say. Um, that's to put, that's putting it very, very wildly. Yeah. Although that, uh, it's, what the thing is, is this six-year stretch, though, is what it's about since 2017. 2017 was obviously their first World Series, so... Okay, they were cheating in the first one. Um, and I guess you can argue to how much degree that, like what degree that kind of difference that makes, that made to stuff. I mean, probably quite a bit of difference to some of those postseason games. Um, but probably, I don't know whether I buy they were doing that all year and they still won over 100 games then. And they've done it multiple times since, well, after they've been caught. Um, so they haven't been cheating. Um but I've yeah, I, this my I'm going to quote my source for this. It's um, this athletic article by Jason Stark I was looking at earlier. I've got some uh, some stats for you. All right, I'm ready. Um, so I, maybe, maybe we can have a, have like you, you can have some like rough guesses of some of this. So what the, the last team that had multiple titles and a winning percentage better than the Astros over a six year span. When do you reckon that was? Oh, that's tricky. I'm guessing the fact you're asking means it's not the late 90s Yankees. No, it wasn't them. Was it like the Yankees in the 50s or something? Yeah, it was the uh, Yankees from 53 to 58 with Mantle and uh, Yogi Berra. Yeah. A good team, I think we can agree there. Yeah, um, and then if you go even beyond that, so there are a few Yankees teams before, because like, obviously that era and basically back to the start of baseball or almost the start of baseball, the Yankees are basically very dominant. There's lots of six-year spans where the Yankees did of that. Of the if Yankees. You, if you go to non-Yankees teams, there's only two teams after the dead ball era that have done that. Um, and obviously they were both pre-1950s too. So that was uh, Stan Musial's Cardinals 
in the early 40s, basically during the Second World War, and then Jimmy Fox's A's from 927 to 932. Um, and those incredible. are the only two other non-Yankees since the dead ball era to do that. My and question, if you include then, the dead ball era, that only adds two more teams to it. Which of these Astros is going to be remembered with Stan Musial and Jimmy Fox? Um, I mean, I Justin Verlander, surely. Yeah, although, yeah, I mean, he's the one that's got the legacy for it. But will these Astros be like Verlander's Astros? I guess is what I really meant. Yeah, I, I guess that's it. the thing. Because it would have been Altuve, but he's like the most, I think by people like casual baseball observers and people who aren't even casual, I think he feels like the one that's got the most hatred directed at him. Yeah. Um, I think there's kind of an interesting thing as well. With, I don't know for a fact, but I'm guessing considering like what like further back in uh, baseball history and generally just in baseball in general, managers tend to stick around for a long time. So I'd assume a lot of these teams also were like the same manager and had like the same core of players. Didn't have War. free agency. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's the other thing. A lot, a lot was before the free agent era. Um, whereas this Astros team, it's like, if you compare this to the 2017 team, I mean, they've still got Altuve and Bregman um, Guriel, but is that about it? Like, did they, did they, not, did they have Verlander in 2017? Was that the year they traded for him? Can't remember. Mm, yes, I, I, I'm going to have to check that now, which is which is poor. But um, I mean, the if you look at the players that have gone, I mean, McCullers is still there, isn't he? But the guys that have left, I mean, the bullpen obviously they just get like chased around all the time. Springer, Correa. Keichel. At the start of this run, Keichel was like the the ace of the staff. I mean, Garrett Cole, I, although Garrett Cole came like between the titles, but was like, they turned 20... him into like a perennial Cy Young contender. 17 was when they traded for him and he gave up. He had a 3.82 ERA with the Tigers in the first part of that year. And then when he went to the Astros, he had a 106 ERA. Yeah, I mean... There, it's really, it's been all about their, well, they're also, the rest of their team's very good, but their ability to, like, not develop starters, maybe is the wrong word, but that is part of it, because that Verlander thing is obviously is already a great pitcher, but just kind of the coaching, I guess. Managed to get yeah, more yeah. out of them. I know what you mean. Develop always seems like it's taking, like, a, someone in improving them whereas and even yeah. Garrett Cole like he obviously pitched his best as an Astro but like the pedigree was there he was meant to be that good but yeah. he wasn't like I suppose it's almost like an unfulfilled sort of potential thing a little bit yeah although Verlander had the Rick's thing I mean he had fulfilled that already and they'd got him when he was old like end of career thing and then he's basically become better than he ever was yeah, his two highest B-War seasons are still 2011 and 2012. But the fact that he's going to win the Cy Young in 2022 after having Tommy John surgery, when you hear that his best war seasons were a decade and 11 years ago, that is absolutely yeah. hilarious. That I guess that's what I mean by the when we're talking about those calibre players. But I know what you mean by it, not being Verlander's Astros, really. But if you talk about like the calibre of these guys, of like... 
you know, inner circle Hall of Famers, it's like Verlander. It's almost that. It's like you don't men, don't get many guys that are like winning Cy Youngs. Or I don't know if he did win a Cy Young career, actually. I mean, this is probably stuff he did. I should have looked up. He yeah. did, yeah. Because yeah. he, he like, won a triple crown. Oh, yeah. But you don't get many guys that win Cy Youngs like 10 years apart. His, uh, yeah, his... His first side was 2011. He won one in 2019, and he's going to win the 2022 one. Yeah, so it's like a, a nice spread, that isn't it? That's. Uh, I mean, it would be Altuve's Astros. He's won an MVP, eight-time All-Star, three-time batting title. He wasn't good in the playoffs this year, but in general, he's been amazing in the playoffs. Yeah. 46.5 WAR, batting average of 307, career OPS plus of 128. Um, if yeah, it wasn't, to be honest, the... those are those are. I mean, especially he's got definitely got a few more years to go. Those are like on track for Hall of Fame numbers, or they should be. But I, I don't I, think he will now because of the cheating stuff. He was um, also right at the centre of it because do you remember the the buzzer yeah. thing that went round? Then he wouldn't have his shirt taken off. Yeah. Um, I feel like yeah, I feel like there's a particularly sort of kind of visceral hatred of him, um, which is a shame because he is. Yeah. Awesome. He's only thirty-two as well. He debuted as a twenty-one-year-old, yeah. so like he's he's nearly he's got one thousand nine hundred thirty-five hits. Like he's gonna be. Yeah, I mean, he could he could keep on going for a while. If he's one of these guys that settles into just being like, you know, still an everyday player, but not not an all-star necessarily. Like into like his late thirties, he could be. I mean, he's got a chance maybe pushing 3,000 hits. It might be a bit of a long shot, but... No, it's doable, it. isn't it? Because he's, yeah, he's always... Doable. He bagged 300 this year. Yeah. Yeah. And then maybe, maybe he does. I mean, as we've seen, there are some people who seem to have rehabilitated their image from the steroid era. Yeah. It's, it's not impossible. Say the Astros do keep winning and it, he does play like another 10 years or something. I don't think it's while like five years on there's still a lot of anger towards the Astros. It's not impossible that some of that just like fades. Yeah. And we kind of forget. I mean, yeah. say they win another like three or four titles with Altuve playing. Um I... then you're just in this like okay, they one of them might not be real, but the rest of it uh as you kind of touched on, this is basically a dynasty that no one wants to call a dynasty. Yeah. I there was a, a nice point, actually, in this article that I quite like the comparison to, which is um, basically comparing it to saying, like, if, you like if you're just discounting this dynasty because of that scandal in 2017, it's kind of like um, discounting, like, Belichick and Brady's Patriots because of the deflate gate thing. Yeah. And it's like they... They like won a lot of Super Bowls over like a twenty-year span, and there was that. I mean, there might there might have been a couple of con- a couple of controversies. There was just something about them filming a practice like early on, I think as well. Yeah, I mean, I, they've they've also kind of had a bit of the, in general, yeah, the evil empire Yankees sort of feeling about them because they were so, yeah, inevitable for a period. Um, and maybe the Ast- maybe it will come like that with the Astros. Actually, maybe that's what it'll be. They just. They've already been so ridiculously dominant. It, I think, like you said the other day, it's almost like the quietest. Like even this season is like the quietest, like incredibly dominant season. 
Yeah, I mean, the, the fact that I think it's also last year, obviously, in the NL West, we had the, the 200 win teams, but they were going toe to toe and we had it in the East this yeah. year. And the Dodgers obviously got to 111. But the fact that it was like not really close in their division didn't help with that. Yeah. So it was just like the Astros keep going. Oh, they've won 100 again. And it's been most of them, it's been like that, hasn't it? Yeah. They've I'm, not been pushed. I mean, yeah, this, the, I think the amazing thing, this like wind hell this year doesn't necessarily stand out because of that run over the last six years. But for most other franchises, this would have been their best ever season or up there. I mean, like the, well, even for like the Giants, wasn't, I mean, I, I, I think last year was the highest ever winter, wasn't it? Yeah, it was, yeah. About like 107. Yeah, this is... Uh, and the their... Astros got 106 this year. So it's like, even for like historic franchises, the, this would be an all-time great year. I have they've a done question it for you. Over that note. Again. I have a question. Yeah. The Houston, they started as the Houston Colts, 45 actually. But when they've played their first in 1962, until 2017, how many 100 win seasons did they have? Okay, so that's like 55 years. Is it? So it's a long time, is what it is, yeah. Um, Two. One. Oh. They won uh, 102 games in 1998 and then lost in the NLDS. Um, and then obviously since then, 101, 103, 107, 29 in the pandemic season, 95 and 106. Yeah. Also, also I think as well, which is good to point out, is that they've, even like they've managed to be successful in the postseason, even though they've only won two World Series in that span. Like you pointed out, four World Series, but also they've got to the Championship Series every year. Um, yeah. That was their bad years. Yeah. Um, I think they're the first team uh, against Nick Miss from that article. First team. Um, to get to the championship series or further six years in a row uh, since the wild card era started. So basically teams, the, I think like the 90s Braves did it, but um, for half of those, if you got to the postseason, you were just automatically in the championship series. Okay, yeah. So you didn't. it wasn't about winning playoff season series each year in that case. Yeah. Um, yeah, they're basically the first team to do it where you've had to actually win some games in the postseason to get to the championship series. Yeah, and I think actually a lot of... I mean, there's there's some luck in that. There's also... It's not a complete lottery in the playoffs. And they've now definitely got this. Well, they've had it for a year or two, to be honest. This, like... They've now got so much postseason experience that you you kind of get into, well, it is a lottery, but it doesn't really seem to be a lottery for them. And that they, because they develop players so well, whatever word we're going to use for that, but particularly the pitchers, is where other teams, it's like, they, they play these deep series, but it doesn't matter because they're just churning out pitchers and in the bullpen, their bullpen gets a bit tired. It doesn't matter to them as much as it does to other teams. And the lineup, they always have someone who gets hot because their lineup's so, so good. Yeah, that 
Also, their low strikeout, and there has always been the thing with them, is in this late strikeout era, they've always been like guys that have power, but managed to not strike out 200 times. Like they've just not had like super high strikeout guys. Yeah, well, even the guys they've brought, like, well, Brantley being the main one, Guriel's like a low strikeout guy as well. Um, kind of like the supplemental pieces to their core are low strikeout guys. And like you said, I mean, basically, when you look at the offensive stats for like last year and most seasons, it's just so you have the low strikeout teams, you have Cleveland, and then you have some of the other teams that just happen to not have like contact hitters. And then there's Houston there. And then you look at all like the overall numbers, weighted runs credit plus, or like the power numbers. Oh, Houston, they're there as well. Yeah. Is like, what if you don't strike out and you hit loads of home runs? Yeah, I think they've figured it out with that one. Yeah, this, this is what happens. You win all the time. Uh, yeah, I mean, going back to their um, pitching again quickly, I mean, obviously their bullpen in the postseason in general was like like so dominant. I mean, I don't know if that... It's difficult to say what the key bit was because it was all... Like their whole team was just really good. Like it is really good. Um, but I think they gave up it might have been two runs in the World Series, the bullpen. And before the World Series, wasn't it like three in the rest of the postseason or something? They um they had a 0.83 ERA from their bullpen. Five earned runs. For the postseason, yeah, which is just absurd. I mean in this like era as well, well obviously they bullpen pitches a lot more is like if they can do that, that's gonna make it very hard to win. Um but then on top of that, as we talk about stars, I mean we mentioned Verlander. Verlander in this postseason, I'm saying the World Series, was like one of their like worst stars. Like he he was a concern. Yeah. And outside that, I mean you like Framber Valdez, um who's just yeah, just been great. Um and then like that no hitter from Luis Garcia. I mean not the full no hitter, but Gave them six no hit innings. No, Christian Javier, sorry. Which one of their unhittable pitches? <laughs> Getting them mixed up. I mean, Luis Garcia's done basically similar stuff in the World Series too. And it's like those are the guys where I guess that, that is a, like the development, isn't it? More than just getting extra guys. Where it, it felt like, to me anyway, I thought, um, might have even said this in the, on this podcast like a year ago or something, that maybe they're going to drop off. Um, you know, like, having lost Garrett Cole. Yeah, also, like, Grenke leaving. Um, obviously, Verlander coming back from Tommy John kind of seemed like, you know, maybe that core of starting pitches that had been, like, so key. Um well, it was kind of gone. Uh, and it's like, you know, it just seemed like they were going to drop off at that point. Um, like and I the wasn't Verlander expect- uncertainty. Yeah, I think like- the Verlander thing was a huge part of it as well. But just over the last few years, it just felt like they just their rotation just got weaker and weaker gradually. And it's like now, I mean, you had the guys last postseason, obviously, like Jose Akidi, Um I don't know which is the which was the other one that was pitching last postseason. Like, 
because there's they've got basically so many of these guys that have like Valdez, Akidi, Garcia, and Javier are the yeah. Those four. are the four. One of them, um, Akidi was pitching in the World Series last year and was really good, and one of the others was also really good in the World Series last year. I can't remember which one, but anyway, there was like signs last World Series that last year that you know maybe that maybe they've got these new guys. But I even at that point I kind of thought this is like you know this is just like oh this is a great story, great World Series performances and stuff from these guys you're not expecting it from but then they've like i'm talking about that group basically as a whole now because i keep forgetting which one's which um but then like this year with like the numbers they put up in the regular season too i think like lewis garcia is striking out like a lot per nine and just like i don't know era in the freeze or something or maybe even lower than that i'm not sure um and it basically now seems like and then they've done it again this season the World Series is they've now just got this other core of starting pitchers out of nowhere almost that are basically just elite and where McCullers being like hurt for a period of time should have been a, a massive issue it just like it wasn't he, he had a bad time in the playoffs and then so like they just it, he's it's crazy like this guy that was it looked like when they were losing these other veterans, oh, he really, he's got to step up and be healthy and be reliable behind Verlander. And it's not that it doesn't matter, but it almost doesn't. So Valdez got to 200 innings, 2.82. Akidi, 3.94, 164 innings. Garcia, 3.72, 157. Christian Javier, 2.54, 149 innings. Javier is actually the one that struck out a ridiculous amount. I got that yeah. mixed up. I keep getting that. I get these those two mixed up. A lot. Um, but yeah, so he had 11.7 Ks per nine in the regular season this year. At like, as you said, 148 innings. It's like, that is, that is basically just elite, like, numbers. And if you can do it in the World Series as well, like, that's, that's better than a lot of guys that are going to get into the Hall of Fame. Yeah, also, they're in the World Series every year, so you better be good in the World Series. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's kind of, as you said, I think there is maybe more to take from it this year because of that. Of like, it, it felt like the, they'd kind of had this bit of a dynasty, but only won one World Series where there's a lot of controversy around it. And it's gone from that to now they've got a young core of pitching again. Obviously, got the young position players as well that have been really great that have come up the last couple of years and it's like that i guess they're just going to carry on well where series. like yeah bregman sort of like he was the next guy after correa left and it was or bregman and altuve and i was like well those two aren't even alvarez is their best hitter by a mile the season jordan alvarez had if it wasn't for aaron judge would have been everywhere i mean it still yeah. kind of got overlooked a little bit i think because there's probably something uh in social media posts being positive about the Astros just don't go down very well. That the promotion they're genuinely I think that promotion of their players like suffers as a result. Um Verlander is like kind of exempt from that because he's just this like sort of godfather figure of baseball at this point. And Verlander doing this stuff coming off Tommy John is like almost exempt from the Astros like abuse cycle. 
Yeah. And I don't know, maybe we're just going to end up with an undercover dynasty. They're just going to win like five straight world series and then no one's going to tweet about it. So it doesn't count. Yeah. yeah. And just people like not really appreciating it because there's still, there's still this like cloud over it. And, um, whereas like with people who were caught for steroids, even if you then said they stopped, there's always this, well, like, have they still benefited in some way from doing that Yeah. at one stage thing with this is like, well, they're not cheating now. Yeah. And also, a lot of the guys weren't there when they were cheating and all that stuff. And no, because the team's completely changed. So like the whole is the organization as a whole is that effective? Yeah. yeah. Um, we're the same, really, but we can enjoy them. It might improve. It might just improve with a bit of time. And there was, there's also a chance. I mean, baseball's kind of got a long history of scandals. There'll be another scandal at some point that maybe yeah, takes the heat off them. Forget about it. Yeah. Yeah. He's almost part of, like I say, he's almost part of it with baseball. Almost more than any other sport. There's like long history, like going back like over a hundred years. There's just always scandals. Yeah. There's always, and it, there've been all kinds of different scandals, haven't there? And there's. But there are there's like these these punctuation marks to the history of the sport. Yeah. Also makes the baseball hall of fame this really weird thing because there's there's actually so many people who are just not in there for various different yeah. reasons. And this Astros team could be, like we said, I mean Altuve. To be honest, for a second baseman, looks like he's well on track to have a hall of fame career. Um, yeah. Take someone like Correa. I mean, he's obviously going to have a long career after he's been at the Astros. But how tainted would his legacy be? It's yeah. not impossible that like he's he might get the mega deal this off season after doing the short one last year. And it's all like, well, if in like fifteen twenty years are we talking about that with him in the Hall of Fame case or something? Like I don't know. I, I'd hope not because if by that point, um, if he is like potential Hall of Famer, he will have done a lot of stuff like after that wouldn't he on completely different teams and like bring it back to that like one season at the start of his career would just be ridiculous um but yeah i agree but my my thing would be like if they're borderline that that might be a factor for some people to go against them because i mean if if you can manage to keep like barry bonds out of the hall of fame with his cv I sort of feel like you, like I don't have any faith that anyone can like get over something where there's this much animosity around. But yeah, we'll see. I hope it. Does. I agree with you. What? Obviously, I hope it doesn't come to that. While that we're on the Hall of Fame, actually, um, I mean, I assume you saw the that the new ballot they're doing. Yeah. Um, I mean, I didn't realise they were doing this until well, literally like today or yesterday, whenever they announced it. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's going to be interesting to see what happens with that. Uh, you kind of feel like don't include them if there's, if it's just, if the door's closed, don't like do this charade. Yeah. Well, I, 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 I'm guessing this is basically their workaround to get them in anyway. That's what I mean is it is basically if you're considering them enough to put them on i can't remember did they call it a short list or they call it something else but like if you're considering them enough to get them this to this point yeah 
then you kind of get to like you have you should put them in because we know it's not like you're going to find out about the steroid stuff between now and when they made the decision. We know the reasons for not having them. It's an eight-player ballot. I don't know what the rules are for voting, but it's seventy-five percent again. And it's I've used it different people. It's not just journalists. It's basically just a different yeah. community of people who basically put this ballot together, and it's been like, yeah, we're just gonna. And they put some more guys in that you didn't put in for whatever reason because you're wrong. That you weren't. Yeah. It's kind of a strange thing, isn't it, with these various processes to get into the Hall of Fame. Yeah. Um, anyway, we'll see what happens with that. I mean, that should be Bonds and Clemens' route to get in. I mean, on this list, compared to everyone else, they are a long way ahead of everyone, really. Well, they're a long way ahead of basically every player in the history of baseball. That's the problem. Yeah, like almost all of them, apart from like properly like all-time greats. Yeah. There's probably only like 15 players who are even in like the same stratosphere as they're like they're on paper records. Yeah. Before we start doing all the other stuff, that's that's the issue with like this whole conversation. They're almost too good, is it because they basically ended up having these careers that were like playing that they were playing like a video game on amateur. Yeah. It's quite, I think it's made people think the steroids must have made them like. That good yeah. from being nothing. I, they, almost, can't, it has steroids made, like, can't do that, can they? That's... No. Um, do you have anything on the Phillies, kind of as a takeaway from this World Series? Yeah, so, I mean, that's that's what. Yeah. Well, I mean, I should do. Um, that's meant to be the second half of this podcast, or maybe probably not half, but. Last bit. Um, what are the takeaways? I mean, they had a really hot end to the season, and they had a really like hot postseason. Like it seemed like, as I was saying, all the way through, it seemed like they were kind of maybe they had that just magic, like just stuff was just happening, and it's like maybe, maybe. And then they had the comeback. Yeah, and then yeah, and then it wore off basically. Before they could win the World Series, um, the no hitter seemed to like cool them off, didn't it? It was like that everything was happening, yeah. and then they got no hit, and they just like couldn't, they couldn't yeah. hit again. After I guess that. it would, though, wouldn't it? Yeah, it w- yeah, it would. But it's like it's kind of funny, is that there was just like this this tidal wave. Yeah, and then and suddenly then... they get no hit, and then like that's it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I mean, it's obviously it's kind of a like. Massive positive for them, obviously, into the World Series. Um, but unlike with the Astros, I'm not sure it's necessarily like they're going to be back here again, like soon. That's exactly what I've got noted really here is um, where the Astros, it, well, it's not the start of something because it's the middle of something. I think yeah. <laughs> it's the middle. It, it, it seemed like it was the end of something and then it wasn't the end, so it's just going to continue. But yeah, whereas with the Phillies, I feel a little bit more like because there was, as you just alluded to, the like stars aligning thing, and then whenever it looks like the stars are aligning and they don't quite align, that feels like a bit of a gut punch. And I know all the stuff about the pace they were in the regular season, 
before when they changed manager. All of this, there's all fair. And Wheeler and Nola is a great front two, and Ranger Suarez had some good numbers. All of these things are like accurate. At the same time, I, there's still part of me that feels like that that was probably their shot at it. Like the flaws with the roster are still like gaping. Um, it just happened yeah. that they had a run where it didn't matter because they were all hitting home runs. So, yeah, but that, that was like that's not going to happen again necessarily. And even the thing about they were a 98 win pace, I think it was after they changed manager, that would have still finished third yeah. in their division. Uh, that, finished... That's like assuming they sustain their hottest period for the whole year, which again is like that's just a ridiculous assumption to make. But even if you did assume that, yeah, they're not that close to winning the division. I think that's the thing. That division is just too strong. And the the Braves aren't getting worse because they keep managing to keep extend their guys. The Mets, it, unless Steve Cohen just gets bored, look yeah. like they're just gonna they're just gonna spend. Yeah, it definitely. I I think the thing is basically it's obviously the Phillies and Braves had these rebuilds like simultaneously, pretty much, and then came out of the rebuilds around the same time. And the Braves just managed to come out of that rebuild in a much better position than the Phillies did. It's like the Phillies have not really got a lot of like guys that they've brought through from that period. Well, I guess the, Nola was there, wasn't he? And Hoskins, but even Hoskins, Hoskins is now on the getting the brunt with some it's bad like, defensive plays. It's like, it's like, is this, yeah, he's like one of the guys It's like, oh, if we're making a big splash, is he the guy you replace? Kind of thing, so... Yeah, they've not exactly got that core there that's they brought through, so they are just reliant on free agent moves. And the thing with that, the same as it gives you less depth and all those things, is there's kind of like we need to see they can do it. The same as with the Astros, if two of their starters had Tommy John surgery over this off season, yeah. you just sort of think they'd 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 just magic someone else yeah. up. There's going to be someone got, else. They've coming. basically got plenty, and they'll at least find a couple of guys that could just handle it, like be league average at least. Yeah, whereas there's absolutely no evidence of the Phillies really being able to do that. Like Eflin, for instance, took a bit of a step forward this year. He got his FIP was in like the mid threes, I think. Yeah. He's just turned down his option. So like he's not even a Philly anymore. So he's going. But then if you talk about Eflin as well, you've got, um, I kind of have him in that group with, well, Velasco, who was the other one? Velasquez and oh, there was another guy. Oh, yeah, another guy. Can't remember. But anyway, that was like when they were like in their rebuild and coming out of the rebuild, they were basically like, "We've got these free stars with loads of stuff." They're gonna try and basically for a, a good few years. It was Nick Pavetta. That's it. I don't know what else happened to him now. He was at the Red Sox this year. Yeah. Um... Basically, for a good few years, they, they were basically just stinking the place out, weren't they? The last yeah. letter, particularly. And like Eflin was very inconsistent, but they just like riding with those guys. Um, and eventually, they've had to give up on them. And it's basically, they, if anything, they probably stuck with them a bit too long. Um, and that's kind of different. Is they had those guys coming out of the rebuild that were like, this is going to be our pitching core. Whereas the Braves have like Soroka, Freed. In Anderson. Well, it's also they just had more. It's again the like, so partly because 
arms go bust occasionally. And like Anderson, it just went yeah. wrong for him this year for a bit. Yeah. And they just have like other guys. And then you yeah. bring in the when you sign a pitcher, do they get better with you thing, which obviously yeah. Houston does. The Dodgers, Dodgers rotation this year would, for long periods was just. It was like Julio Urias and just random guys that were discarded by other teams that were pitching like to two ERA. Tyler Anderson. That... And Andrew Heaney was pitching as well, wasn't he, this year? And it... Yeah, first half, had a first half season was just a, like unhittable somehow. Yeah, and, and it's being able to do that that makes you think, well, they can do this again. And it's that's how you overcome the the Bueller misses, the, misses a load of time or Kershaw has his period on the shelf. Yeah. And I just, I still don't feel like that with the Phillies. And maybe I'm like no. being really unfair, but there's also no evidence that they can do that. It feels like everything has to go right for them to be in the mix. And it did this year. Yeah. Um, and now you're looking other at... teams, it's like, sorry, they're in the mix. And like they've got, they've got like a cushion of stuff and go a bit wrong and they'll still be like thereabouts. Whereas the Phillies were like, any of their important players miss a chunk of time. Well, that's it. It's not happening. Yeah, I, Harper obviously missed a bit this year, and it was like, but then that they kind of got scorching to get in. And then you add in, now with the the format we've got, because of the, where they are in their division, they're going to have the, like, they've got to win three proper rounds to get to the World Series. Yeah, um, which I mean they did this year, but yeah, but yeah, again, adds, they did adds a lot, like you say, that adds a lot more randomness, doesn't it? To it, like unless they're winning the division, and like as one of the best to like win records in the National League. Which again, Houston and the Dodgers, you're looking at it, it's like the reason now you're like, well, they're going to get there. You like in a way their chance to get into the World Series even more is. They've got like a leg up because they just seem to win 105 games each every year. Yeah. Um, yeah. Overall, not greatly positive on the Phillies. Have we got any positive spin on it? Oh, it was an awesome postseason for them. Like that's still a lot of fun. I would take, I would take like the Giants having a postseason one like that. That was fun. Yeah. Um, I mean, for those of you pointing out that they have done that a lot of times earlier part of this of last decade. When, when was it we, we, we started following the Giants became Giants fans in twenty fifteen? Yeah, not the best timing. Also, I mean, however many times they've had a run like that, you'd kinda of want another one, I guess, wouldn't you? Like, yeah, we'll do that again. Yeah. I mean twenty sixteen is the closest we got to it and that didn't that wasn't didn't go that far. Got to well they got to a game five of the division series last year. Oh yeah. That wasn't... Yeah, I forgot about that. That almost wasn't as dramatic somehow. No. I guess because after the 107 wins, it was just a bit disappointing to go out into the division series. Yeah, that was and like a painful What a wrong Shaq Swinkle as well. Anyway. So I'm getting too distracted. Um, Shall we... Uh, uh, do you have anything else on the Phillies? No, we've not got too long, to be honest. Can we just quickly touch on the one actual off-season thing that's happened? Okay. We've got five minutes. Edwin Diaz, five years, $102 million. 
thoughts. Yeah, that's silly. I mean, I know it was back to being good again, but I mean, I think back to being good is a, is a key a key point there. I mean, <laughs> like, I mean, he wasn't that bad last year. I mean, I guess his K numbers have been really high the whole time. I don't know. It's just... I just... Yeah. My side of it is, I just... That's the first ever $100 million thing for a reliever. And the ones that have been anywhere near that big have almost all had like a lot of downside at some point. Yeah. I think relievers are like just too volatile. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I was going to say I want someone with like more of a consistent record. And I look at his baseball reference and it was really 2019 was the one down year. And even then he did have 15 Ks per nine. So you could argue there was a bit of like, <laughs> a bit of bad luck in it. Um, but yeah, it, I guess it's just too much a reliever. But yeah, I to be honest though, I did not quite realise how high his strikeout numbers are. I mean, last year it dipped a bit, but 2020 and 2022, I mean, I guess before I'd looked at 2020 and just written that off as the shortened season. But then this year we managed to sustain it for a full year of having a K per nine over 17, which I don't, I'm not sure I've seen that before from anyone. Hader was up that range, wasn't he? Oh, maybe he was, yeah. But yeah. He's also not, he's going to turn 29 next year. Like he's not old, yeah. but. He's not super old, but yeah. I'm, I mean, I guess as much as anything, it's almost like the Mets making a statement, isn't it? I guess, because there's the other thing of it, that spending that kind of money, um, what really matters about it is how much it affects like what you're going to do the rest of the off-season or in the next couple of years. But it does seem like the Mets are very much now, you know, we're going to give her, give her a leave of 20 million a year. And we don't care. We don't care. We're going to, we're, we're going to do any of, if another free agent comes along. We're also going to re-sign to Grom. Yeah, we're going to get him too. Yeah. Yeah. That, that is an important part of it, isn't it? Is if, if like the Rays give out that contract, then it's it cripples them for the whole five years. They can't have anyone above league minimum. Uh, but with the Mets, you just feel like, I don't know. Yeah, it doesn't does look like anything's going to stop them throwing it, money. At it is risky. It could turn out badly. But then, yeah, I I thought he was a bit more inconsistent. Than he was just because of, I think probably that 2019 season was lingering in my mind a bit. And the New York market, when anything happens yeah, into a New York team, when anything goes wrong, it's like there's a lot of noise about it. And then there's not so much noise when he's, you know, just being like basically what he has been for most of his career, which is insanely high strikeouts and like not giving up any home runs at all. That trade's not looking too bad now either. Yeah. No, it's, it's, it's turned around, hasn't it, really? Yeah, I mean, that could all change still with depending on how Kalinich develops at the start of his career. Yeah. He's made that trade age quite well. Yeah, I'd say almost at this point, like with what with where the Mets want to be and like competing now, like the fact Kalinich has started slowly as well, that has kind of made light years worth it. Like if Kalinich is good in a couple of years' time, that doesn't really matter to the Mets. Um, anyway, yeah, we'll wrap up, I think, because we are running out of time. Yes. Um, but we will be doing more 
postseason stuff as things happen. Not postseason, offseason. Offseason, yeah. Yeah, they've uh, got GM meetings at the moment, haven't they? And um, yeah, we've got qualifying offer news coming in the next few days. Yeah, so we'll be doing some more over the off season. So look out and uh, like, subscribe. Five star reviews. Um, Spotify. Apple Podcasts. All of those places, yeah. The other ones, yeah. Okay, bye. Bye. bye.